The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome, everybody, to the Christine Upchurch Show here in 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. So glad you're joining us here today. And if you're not listening live, you might be listening on one of the dozens of podcasts this ends up in or on ChristineUpchurch.com. But whenever and wherever, we're so glad you've joined us, and I think you'll be glad, too. But before we introduce our guest, I want to say... A happy belated birthday to Mr. Oh. Benny Mathers, well, the man you. behind all the technology. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I was a little bit different last week. Uh, I was missing in action, but I'm back yes. in full so force nice. and effect. Thank you. And um, yeah, I guess uh, it got warmer on top of that cake. <laughs> 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 yes. Woo! Boy, did yeah, it. it's tw- hot up there. 29 again, right, yeah, Benny? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. hot up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when I have a birthday, I have to keep changing it from like, you know, was 39 for a really long time, mm-hmm. and now eventually it's going to have to change to 49 or something like <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> but you're still at that, you can say 29 know, and get away Christine, with it. I don't I know, Christine. I don't know what I'm talking about in there, but woo, those <laughs> last two years, all right, the joints, and see, here we go. I'm starting to talk about it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Just got to breathe. Let it all happen. Yeah. It's the wolf eclipse. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, goodness. That, it's, I don't even want to get go. It's major energy. I don't want to go there. Ba- major energy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, that it is interesting. To, I, I do, you know, I don't totally want to buy into the belief that of the body aging, mm-hmm. but there are aspects of it where it's true. You know, oh, we're yeah. in this 3D world, mm-hmm. and um, I think that we can view it as a part of searching for our priorities. Sure. Because as the body changes, mm-hmm. then we can take less for granted. Yeah. As we age, the time gets shorter, we can take less for granted. So, you know, we better hurry up and make our mark here. Yeah, I definitely remember uh, my mom always uh, mentioning, you know, just listen to your body. Uh-huh. A lot. Wise Especially woman. Especially now. I know she is. Very wise woman. Love you, mom. <laughs> That's a post-birthday love right there. That's great. And, mm-hmm. uh, yes, and she she had to work to get you here, too, I'm sure. For the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. She's got the receipt. She can take me back. Oh, That's an inside joke. Because I'm adopted. <laughs> I didn't. All right, all there's a show years, topic for another day. I, oh, yeah, we, we I made a joke. I always make a joke. I, like, if I do something silly or whatever, she's like, really? I'm like, well, just take me back then. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's funny, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, I am really grateful today. We're going to be having a different kind of conversation. Um, we are going to be talking to Courtney Cottrell. Oh, my goodness. She is somebody who has succeeded in an arena that we rarely talk to people who have been in. She's a native of Greensboro, North Carolina, and she's got a southern drawl. I can't wait for y'all to hear that. And she's a 20-year veteran with the United States Navy. Her military experiences have made a mark on her life through personal and leadership struggles. And uh, she's had some interesting struggles, and we're going to hear about that. She's been deployed aboard the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, the USS John F. Kennedy, USS Enterprise, 
not the Star Trek one. And the USS George H.W. Bush. Her journey has taken her to many countries all over the world, and she's a, a real leader, and she's been motivated to be a voice for others who are not only looking for their own path to leadership, but people who are battling depression, suicidal thoughts, and mental health issues. She lives with her wife, Tiffany, and their dog, Dreyfus, in Chesapeake, Virginia. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Courtney Cottrell. Hi. Hi. So nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always interesting to find out how somebody has gotten to the point where they are sharing their story. And your book recently, I think, came out in November, is unapologetically favored. Yeah. Uh, a woman, a leader, a testimony. Yeah. So y- you've obviously had great success within the Navy. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to write this book? Well, to be honest, the book was an accident. Oh, last, no- really? <laughs> last November during Veterans Day, I, I was just so used to always seeing the accolades that people give the military uh-huh. and with the, the celebrations of retirements and advancements, promotions, deployments to countries that people just dream about. And we have the privilege of being able to go and experience that. And something came over me to just say, you know, but people don't realize that even though you see us in these glorious moments, social media always shows the, the best sides of everything majority mm-hmm. of the time. Right. And people don't realize that even as military members, we struggle. Mm-hmm. We struggle with mental health. We struggle with depression. We struggle feeling like we're not meeting the challenges that are given to us, like we're not, you know, doing all that we can do. And as we start to become leaders in the military, a lot of more of that pressure is and burden is put on you to follow the or, the orders coming down from the top mm-hmm. and to ensure you're enforcing those orders, you know, beneath you. You're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So I made this long post. Most people don't read long posts on Facebook. Uh-huh. So unbeknownst to me, people actually read this and started responding and sending me messages saying, thank you so much for speaking out. I thought Mm. it was just me. I thought I was the only one that was feeling stressed out or feeling like I couldn't, you know, keep up with the the demands that were being put on me. And it, I I came up with the thought process that, you know, maybe I need to, well, somebody told me to write a book or a really good girlfriend of mine said, Courtney, you need to write a book. Mm -hmm. And in my wildest dream, what I have ever done this, I'm like, no, I'm good. But as more people kept saying, no, that might be a really good thing for you because Mm -hmm. We like the way you write. I said, okay, I'll try this. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want short stories from all different service members from different branches, just a struggle and adverse, you know, ad- adversity they went through. How did they overcome that? And what would they give as advice to somebody else that's going through the same thing? Mm-hmm. And then I want to talk to the spouses and, you know, the partners of these same individuals who get lost. They mm-hmm. don't realize that even being a spouse of a military member, it takes a lot stress, mental anxiety, just going through everything. And everybody said they were going to send me a story. It's almost going on two years. I have not received a story yet. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> so I pressed forward with my own. I said, you know what, maybe I have a story to tell. Maybe somebody wants to be nosy and read about my life. Uh-huh. And that is how this book came to be. Yeah. So one of the things that I always find interesting that seems to be fairly universal in people who end up showing up to motivate others and help others, that, that each of us ends up going through some difficulties that make us question our worthiness. Mm-hmm. Um, in what ways did you have to face your own unworthiness issues? 
Well, I know when I first got to my, my commands, um, it was an all-male command. Mm-hmm. They just started integrating females into this command. And usually in the military, I don't for the Navy, can't speak for all branches, but they'll kind of they'll try to start with having like a, a female in a senior leadership position just so that if the junior person needs somebody to go talk to about something, they still have that uh, female counterpart they can talk to in a leadership position to help them. So mm-hmm. when I got to my first command, you know, they put me in my first work center, and I was in what they call the line division in aviation, dealing with um, aircraft. And the line division, they call them line rats. So we're, we're responsible for making sure the aircraft gets fuel, towing the aircraft out to the flight line, launching the aircraft off, you know, for flight schedules and everything like that. And it's mm-hmm. kind of dirty and grimy and everything. And um, But when I got in there, I was the only female. So mm-hmm. at that time, I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Am I... Can I, can I do this? I started questioning my own ability, and I shouldn't have. But when you're, un, you're unsure of your foundation, you're mm-hmm. unsure of your next step, and you're looking around and it's just you, you start questioning everything about you, including mm-hmm. am I good enough to be here? Am mm-hmm. I going to make it? And that was like my real, real first, oh, my goodness, moment when I first came in. Yeah, and I, and I imagine that men experience the same thing to a certain degree mm-hmm. because I think we're all insecure when we start a new job. Mm-hmm. But there's there is that added um, layer of once upon a time, women weren't allowed to do this. And therefore, exactly. you had to show up and, and, and prove them wrong for all of us. Yes. And I, I call it, I had to show up and show out. So right. I had to right. show up and then prove to them that, you know, just because I may not be uh, exactly like you, my capabilities are still the same as yours. If somebody's going to call on me to do something, I'm going to try to do it to the best of my ability. Uh-huh. You know, and, and, I, and, and it's sad because even to this day, sometimes that mindset is still there with, oh, well, you're a female, mm-hmm. you might not be able to do X, Y, and Z, or if a male is having a bad day, it's okay, it's, it's authorized for you to have a bad day. But if a female has a bad day, um, is it that time of the month, yes. or you're just moody, or you're just depressed, bipolar, or oh, what's wrong with you, right. need some time off? No, why can't we not be okay with having a bad day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as a former research statistician, uh, once upon a time I was working in, in engineering with engineers who was like a real good old boy network, and mm-hmm. when I was put onto a, a team to do the statistics for them, you know, they acted like I was just some little lady who didn't know what mm-hmm. I was talking about. And they had done, they had really messed up. And I had to be the one to say, you messed up the experiment. You needed to do this instead. And they didn't believe me. They went to, you know, a male superior. And he's like, yeah, she's right. But it's mm-hmm. the kind of thing where I know what it feels like to get into a situation where um, it's been male dominated and they view you as somebody who's the other who can't quite do what, you know, what the men can do. And that, that feels awful because it does trigger our worthiness issues, you know? It does. And, it, and it's sad that, you know, in 2020, we're still dealing with the first. Why oh. do we still have to have the first? Yeah. Why can't everybody just be equal? Everybody's mm-hmm. just, okay, You because know, it might be some guys out there that can't stand up to the next gentleman before them, you know? So right. Right. why can't we all just be on the same scale and you take per- people for what they give you, mm-hmm. no matter female, no matter sexual orientation, religion, creed, background, yeah. history, wherever, you know, why can't we just trust everybody equally until they show you different? Mm, yes. You know, oh. that's my thought. Amen to that. 
Um, <laughs> we have to go to a quick break, but when we return, we're going to learn more about um, Courtney's fascinating story and learn how she's stepped into her worthiness and her leadership role and how she's helping others step into theirs. Stay tuned for more with Courtney Cottrell. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christine Uptridge Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, Courtney, um, I, I find it interesting that we talk a lot about how when veterans get home, 
they've got all sorts of PTSD and, and, and those sorts of issues. But we haven't been talking a lot about what happens to the mental health of people who are in the military. Why is it that th- we need to focus on this? Well, I, I, had, I talked about this topic um, a while ago in some interviews, and I, I tell people everybody's mental capacity is not the same. The same way people's pain tolerance is not the same. Yeah. So what one person might be able to endure before they actually reach their max stress limit, uh-huh. the next person might not be able to handle that. So we're always, as, as just people, we base other people on what we're going through or how we're feeling or what we know. And you can't do that. Everybody is cut from a different cloth. Everybody mm-hmm. is different, including your mental capacity. So we have to be mindful of that when somebody's looking like they might be stressed out or, you know, they don't know how to say, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the military offers resources. You, you know you can go and speak to somebody. But that stigma that if I go to mental health, then maybe I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And the feeling of in the leadership aspect in my life, if I go to mental health and somebody finds out about it, are they going to remove me from my position because now they have lost confidence in my ability to be a leader? Mm-hmm. Or is somebody going to talk about me and make jokes behind my back instead of making sure that I'm okay every day or asking me, do you need help? Mm-hmm. What, are you, what do you have going on at work today? Oh, well, let me take this load off of you. I'll do this for you. Let me know when you're done and we can swap or just to make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be talked about. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to look like because we are senior people in the military or you're a senior person in a corporation or organization that you don't have your life together. That's the last thing you want somebody to think about you because we're always in tune to how people perceive us. Uh, But the the military, you know, for for the people in the military, there are resources provided, but like anything, you you can lead the horse to the water. Whether Mm. or not they want to drink it is on them. And I've been there myself when I was depressed and you know, being senior leadership, I knew my resources. I could have called my mom, but I didn't want to burden her with my problems. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to burden other people because we don't know what you have on your plate. Right. So I don't want to stress you out even more. You might be already stressed out. That's enough. So we keep everything to ourselves because of the reasons I explained a few mm-hmm. few minutes ago. Right. And we deal with it on our own. And that a lot of times leads to the depression, the stress, and even the suicides that we've been having mm-hmm. Um just September, October time frame, I lost three friends within like a week apart from each other. <gasps> and it was just, it was so much. Oh. And people blame the commands, they blame the military. And, and a lot of it's not that. We all have a story. Uh-huh. We all have baggage that we bring into the military. Mm-hmm. We all are in the military either trying to escape from somewhere, from mm. something, whether it's how you raise, um, not having money. Uh, being laid off and can't find the job, or mm. we all have baggage we bring, but we don't tell people about that baggage. And then you get an 18-year-old that comes in that was probably escaping from homelessness. You put them at a job where they're managing billion-dollar pieces of equipment or ships or aircraft, and that pressure to do right, to make sure everything is good to go, to make sure, you know, the pressure is there for them, and they might not be able to handle that. Yeah, yeah, and and... It's different than, say, um, working on a manufacturing line that's creating telephones or something. Correct. Where it's, it's not a life or death situation, okay? So if the mm-hmm. telephone doesn't work, somebody buys it at the store, they return it. 
That's mm-hmm. different than if somebody messes up in that situation. It, it, it is. And because if you know the manufacturer line, if you're on the assembly line, it's the same thing day in, day out. It's uh-huh. the same thing day in the military, you have to be on guard. You have to be fluid like water. You have to be able to bend like a palm tree without breaking. You have to be ready to go at any given moment, just like we witnessed within this past week. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think with the younger generation, they forget that piece right. because everybody in this world comes to the military to go to school. Uh-huh. I think they forget sometimes that, yeah, you know, you are, this is the real military, and you might have to go to war one day. Uh-huh. Uh, and so when the, the time calls, it's like, oh, crap, this is for real. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you start thinking about your family. All of a sudden, you're thinking about your bills. All of a sudden, you're thinking about this house and these cars and these financial obligations you just, you know, committed to, and now you're being deployed, uh-huh. and you don't know if you're coming back. You don't know if you're going to get blown up over there by stepping on an IED. You don't know if, you know, a trusted, you know, person – it's supposed to come through the gate for training or come through the gate for a business meeting, but they're the ones that are a suicide bomber, and you just, you just happen to be the gate guard that day. So when these kids get deployed, that's the first thing they're thinking about. And, you know, I, I watch the jokes on Facebook, and I get it for people that's in the military, we know. But they we don't really, really know because those yeah. kids are scared. Of course Those parents are. are nervous. Their child, their son or daughter might not come back home. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. And that's a lot to think about as an 18-year-old. And I imagine that um, I I think about different scenarios uh, and people serving in the military and and feeling feeling good on some level about taking the risk of putting their life on the line because they really, truly believe that they are serving their country, serving the world in a a positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens when... The news of the day shows that, yeah, we may be getting into a war and it might not be for the the best and highest good for the world or for our country. That must add another level of stress to these people. It, it does. And I know for me personally, sometimes, you know, I think like, you know, just I think about. The, what we're doing and it's and are we doing it right uh-huh. and of course that's with everybody you know you're going to sure. think about your pros and cons is this right morally ethically whatever yeah. but then at the same time when you're in the military uh-huh. that doesn't even matter anymore right because we signed our name on the dotted line we took an oath to obey the orders of the president of the united states and the orders of the officers appointed over me and you, we have to remember that oath we took we signed that oath and said no matter what president is in the in the office no matter what goes down we will defend america mm-hmm. what however that will be and that's the only part that when you are a military service member it you you're conflicted with that you know because yeah. you know what you signed up to do yeah. but then sometimes you think well this isn't even right right oh that must ha- add a whole other layer of stress um, it, it does, because you have a lot of people that want to know how you're feeling well, or you have to deal with the backlash from people that know you or your family members, or it just, and, and, and it's nothing that you can do unless you decide to get out of the military, mm-hmm. but you got to make sure you meet your, your, your contract. But the, uh, while you are in, you are here to defend America no matter what. Wow. And uh, that no matter what is, uh, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine, <laughs> but I really can't imagine. And, um. So one of the things I'm curious about is how if if people aren't 
taking the the option of going and talking to that mental health pro- professional or you know going through the the official channel to get that support um how is it somebody in leadership whether we're talking the military or otherwise can support people through their struggles uh, while they're also doing their job. I tell people, keep an eye open for people that are around you. After When you work with people for so long, you learn their habits, you learn their nature, the nature of their character, you learn their routines, you know them because you, you have a professional working relationship or maybe you know, you're, even, you're even friends outside of work. But that one day that the happiest person in the command comes in and they're no longer happy, you need to question them. Mm-hmm. Ask them what's going on. Mm-hmm. Be legit, genuinely serious about it. And even if the first time it doesn't work, keep going back. Hey, I'm here for you. I know mm-hmm. I've, I've seen that you're kind of off. Let me know if you need something for real. You know, you can call my call my number. And keep checking up on them because after a while, they're going to be like, dang, this person keeps checking on me. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I can trust them and go talk to them. But peer-to-peer mentorship is always the number one thing. You know, they, because you, you somehow you will build a, a good trusting relationship with one peer or maybe five or ten dozen. I don't know. But peer-to-peer relationships is always a, a good thing, a good place to start. And keeping your eye open to notice if there's any shift in somebody's mannerisms or attitude or their, their behavior. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say this, I'm, I call it my sea stories because what Navy folk do. So some sea stories. I was on deployment on the Enterprise and there was an E-6, uh, a petty officer first class, who committed suicide on the ship. He hung himself in his office, and his chief found him 6 o'clock in the morning the next next day. Oh, dear. And throughout the investigation, a lot of the sailors were saying, well, oh, my gosh, like, he works days. He's on a day schedule, but he was up at 11 midnight last night eating down on the mess decks. Oh, I saw him in the gym at, like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Oh, well, he was smoking in the, I saw, you know, in the, in the smoke pit. And I was like, why are you up? That was so far out of his character. And everybody, mm-hmm. nobody connected the dots. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, he was doing his last rituals. He was getting everything in one last time before he committed the act. Right. So you have to be, you have to have a third eye, so to speak, to mm-hmm. see these things. Yeah. And to know, if you know the people, you will know when they are off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, in, in some ways whether we're talking about the military or whether we're talking about um, the business world, the, the personal and professional, we think about keeping those separate. But you're saying it's important to make it personal when the signs are there. Yes, because sometimes you might be the only thing that person has at that time. Or even, you know, I always tell people the word hello is, is, is stronger than you think. Mm-hmm. Because you might speak to somebody on a day where you don't even know that that person is having the worst day of their life and they were thinking about ending it all. But because you spoke to them, you might have said, oh, my God, they, 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 they spoke to me. Mm-hmm. You know, can I talk to you for a minute? I just, I just want to run something by you real fast. Uh-huh. That might have opened a door for them to walk through. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just, just knowing who your people are and, and talking to them. Just talk to people. Mm-hmm. We have to go to another quick break, but when we return, um, we're going to talk to Courtney about what it was like being a lesbian during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell era of our military. I'm sure she's got some stories to tell about that. Stay tuned for more. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago, when facing cancer without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. 
For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day I realized I was consuming foods based on fear, fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt, than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. If you haven't been practicing active listening or not getting into some bad habits, it's a good idea to go back to the basics and remind yourself how to be a good listener. Here's an idea that might help. When your child comes to you with a story about her day, set aside whatever you're doing and give her your full attention. If you're in the middle of something that can't be put aside, tell her that you really want to be able to give her story your full attention and ask if you could continue the conversation at a specific time. So for example, this sounds like an important story and I'd really like to give it my full attention. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes when supper's in the oven? Active listening might sound like common sense, but often it's these simple skills that get buried in our parenting pack and easily forgotten or overlooked. Challenge yourself to practice this skill for a full week and see if you notice a difference in how much your child is sharing. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D E B R A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Your money is your creational energy. When you feed your wealth back into what you love, it signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. We're talking to author Courtney Cottrell today, and she's the author of Unapologetically Favored, A Woman, 
a leader, a testimony. Now, in your book, you talk about how um, sort of your path to really defining or admitting to your sexual orientation was not exactly direct. Can you share a little with our listeners about your process? Yes. So growing up, you know, I I knew I was different. I knew that it it was just, I just knew I was different. But when you grow up and you're the only person that you know, Mm -hmm. or you don't have anybody that has whatever that quality is that you're feeling that you're trying to figure out, Mm -hmm. you kind of, you keep everything to yourself. And we have a thing where, you know, we always want to do what is right. So right for me was, Dating guys, mm-hmm. getting married, having two point three kids, white mm-hmm. picket fence, house right. and a dog, the whole nine yards, sunny every day on the beach, you know. So yes. growing up, I, I struggled with that, and I, I lived my life according to how I thought other people wanted me to live my life instead of me living my life for myself and being honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And joining the military, um, I ended up getting married, and I was not happy. And I drug a guy through a relationship, through a marriage where – I said I was selfish, and to this day, I can still say I was selfish because that was just his life that he can't get back. And he could have been with somebody that not only was in love with him, but loved him as well. Mm-hmm. I just loved him. I wasn't in love with him. Right. Um, but I was living my life for other people, so I didn't want to be a disappointment to my, my family. Um, I didn't know how to accept who I was. I didn't know how to love myself. Mm-hmm. I had nobody to talk to because I didn't know nobody else that, you know, right. uh, was a lesbian. So. It was it was a real real struggle and being young again that comes to that 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 mental stress capacity where I'm stressed out being married I'm stressed out not being able to talk about what I'm going through because I don't have anybody at that time as a mentor to guide me and I think that when you're not being authentic regardless of how that's defined it creates this this level of stress that never goes away it, it does and especially if you make some if you have some missteps during that time because you regret it. You regret hurting people because you didn't know how to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You regret lying to somebody because you couldn't be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You regret not being upfront and honest because you didn't know how to love yourself, and that was my problem. And I was dealing with this, you know, in my personal life, and then being in the military, having to go to work every day, and not being able to to have a a pressure release valve mm-hmm. to kind of get this pressure off of me to to get these feelings out I couldn't say anything Mm. it was it was a really really tight and stressful time in my early 20s during that time Mm -hmm. how long were you married for uh probably about two years I think it was about two years Uh yeah so eventually you you figured out how to be authentic with your sexual orientation yeah Um, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be in the armed services during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell era as a homosexual. It was what, scary. In, in what way? Tell me, tell me what you were worried about. Tell, you, tell me how it was scary. After, you know, after I, I, I ended up getting a divorce and I have this newfound relationship. I have this newfound love of my first girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I want to share it. I want to talk about, you know, what my girlfriend's doing at home right. when, you know, I'm out at work with my coworkers or at lunch with my coworkers, but I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. And every time I bring up a story, oh, it's always, oh, my friend, that's a girl, or it's, oh, my roommate, mm-hmm. or, yeah, I have a friend that does X, Y, and Z, but you can't partake in the conversations and the joy that everybody else is sharing when they're sharing stories about their home life. Oh, you have right. to sit there and just kind of keep everything subdued and keep it quiet because if you say something, you don't know if you can trust the people you're talking to. Yeah. You don't know if they're going to run and mistakenly mention it to somebody else who 
can't stand gays and lesbians, and now they want to find a reason to put you out in the military. Yeah. You take a chance every day uh, thinking about, okay, is this the right time to say something? Or mm-hmm. can I trust this person? If, if I just want to talk about something that I'm going through right now, who can, who can I tell? Mm-hmm. You take a risk every day, and it was, it was, really, it was really stressful. So eventually that policy changed oh, yeah. somewhere during your career. Yeah. Um, what was the transition like for people, for you and for others? Well, at that time, it was it, nothing happened. It, and, and the military was geared up. They were setting up trainings. They were setting up videos, lectures. Like we were about to, you know, get this brand new type of creature into the world and, this, <laughs> and it was it was crazy to me because i'm sitting back going y'all do know we've been here since the beginning of time right <laughs> we just never said anything like nothing's going to change yeah. and and that was one of the when i, I was a guest speaker for my basis um uh, lgbt uh celebration month last june and i did my my speech and and i told them i said you know everybody was bracing for shock everybody was thinking like there was going to be this big old wrecking ball that's going to come through the military and wipe everybody out, right, out right. when everybody came out the closet. But it's not the generation now. Uh-huh. The generation is now, they don't care who you are. They just want to know that if we go out on a mission, if I go out you know, at night with you to go party, I just want to know if something happens, you have my back, and I will get home safely to my family. Right. Take care of me, and I will take care of you. That's it great. was the older generations that were like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. Are we good? Is everybody okay? Yeah. Does anybody need anything? And it's, we've been here the whole entire time. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, too, because um, – I've I've got a couple of um, sons who are, you know, in their like early to mid twenties, and hearing about the fluidity of sexuality these days amongst people, oh it's it's <laughs> it's like it's a whole different world than when I was that age. Um, it, it is. It's we're so empowered now to just be who you are, yeah. you know. So I think they take it to a whole nother level. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So I know things have changed within the military for transgenders. How has that affected people? Well, right now, um, I, I, they, they keep going back and forth with the policies uh, and, and instructions and, you know, what's allowed and what's not allowed. And I actually, um, right now, even this morning, uh, you know, I have the pleasure of having a friend that's trans- transgender. Her name is Vanessa. Uh-huh. And I, I love her to death. But going through the process last year, her and I sat down and I said, you know, n- now is the time to you're going to be in a spotlight because Mm -hmm. it's not as the transgender community is not as in you know it's not that many of them in the military Uh, i know about a good handful of them Mm -hmm. um but majority of them are female to male so it's kind of like i don't know for some reason it's like okay that's okay but then you get the male to female everybody's like ah so but with vanessa you know we i sat i I sat her down and i had a, a a conversation with her and i said i want you to know that you need to be okay with who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to have confidence in who you are. When you put those heels on, you better stand erect. And when you walk into the room, suck the air out of it to let people know that you are there. Because you need to own it. The minute that you feel like, I'm not sure, or I'm scared, that is when the attack will happen. Mm-hmm. But if you walk into a room with your head held high, confidence, and you keep being who you are, nobody's going to mess with you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to care. But people are scared of what they don't know and what they don't understand. So they will either pick at it, make smart comments, or judge it, or they'll just run away from it altogether. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, owning who we are. That's that's a biggie. We're going to take another quick break, but stay tuned for more here in just a few moments. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious. Keep an open mind about everything. The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs and what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back. Oh, before we go any further, Courtney, I want you to share with our listeners how they can connect with you and um, how they can like find out about your book. Well, my book is available on Amazon.com and Barnes and Nobles is at Books a Million. If you Google it, it's going to pop up everywhere. And I also have a website where you can follow me and all my interviews and stay up to date with everything that I have going on. And it's unapologeticallyfavored.com. So why did you? Name your book that, Unapologetically Favored. So going through my life, you know, I I had some setbacks and some missteps, but for some reason I felt like it was a purpose for me. I didn't really get to that point until later on in my life, Mm -hmm. 
but I started trusting people around me that saw something in me that said, hey, even though you're going through this bad time, you're still worth something. Let me put you in this position. And I would go into that position and I would flourish. And I'm like, oh, oh. I started seeing the fruits of my labor. So Mm -hmm. I started trusting the process and the people around me because nobody had failed me yet. So I I got to um, one command, and I had a situation where um, one of the females in our our Navy, um, she was an African-American female, and she was up there in the leadership. And she, her and I are friends to this day, and we decided to have a dinner one time. And she posted pictures on social media. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really well received, and it made for an awkward time at the command because, you know, all eyes are on the females at this dinner party. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this like it, mm-hmm. I just wanted to transfer. So I had some girlfriends of mine that were trying to convince me to go to a going-away dinner lunch, and I didn't want to go because uh-huh. I just wanted, I didn't want to deal with the situation. And they proceeded to tell a pastor that worked at the command my story. So he said, have you ever heard the story of Ruth? And I said, well, you know, I went to church, but I wasn't like the seven-day-a-week type person that went to church. You know, I went on Sundays. That was it. And so he told me this story, and at the end he said, you know, favor is not fair, and it's unapologetic. So are you mad because you have been favored throughout your life, or are you mad because the people who are upset with you won't apologize? And at that moment I said, you know what, I have been favored. As I started looking back, Mm -hmm. everything I have done you know, somebody was there to catch me every time I fail. Uh-huh. Somebody was there to motivate me and push me outside of my limiting beliefs. You know, the, the limits I set on myself because I could, I only believed I could reach a certain point. Somebody said, no, you can do more. You can go further. And they kept pushing me and kept pushing me. And I said, you know, what? I'm not going to apologize for the friends, the relationships, you know, the, the family that I have built and made mm-hmm. while I've been in. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to apologize for being favored. And so I said, that kind of just sums up my whole life. I've been unapologetically favored this whole Mm -hmm. entire time and didn't know it. So, And I think that one of the things you're saying that feels really important to me is that I think that girls and women in particular, if they have felt the least bit favored, they feel guilty about it. It, I don't feel guilty. Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. What they choose to do with their hours has nothing to do with you. And I had to learn that. I had to realize that what somebody else eats doesn't make me go to the bathroom. So why am I worried about that? Do what you have to do. If you start focusing, if you're in a swim lane and you start focusing on other people in their swim lanes, Uh you are going to lose the race in life. you got to stay focused and committed Mm -hmm. to yourself, love yourself, and that's the only way you're going to get ahead in life. Another message that you just talked about in that story is that there were people for you who saw something in you, and despite the fact that, you know, it didn't look perfect, they gave you the opportunity. Yeah. Um, why is it important that we we give people the benefit of the doubt and, and offer them the chance to sort of sh- really show up? Because, you know, even I, I apply this at work, you and I have done this before, and I know it works. People want to feel a part of the team. People we always accolades. We always somebody saying, hey, good job. But we like it even more when we achieve a task or when somebody yeah. gives us and makes us feel good. Yeah. It builds our confidence. It builds our awareness. It builds, you know, the, 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 the knowledge and the ability that I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can be somebody. I mm-hmm. can complete this task. Mm-hmm. I can get to this goal, this finish line. 
it builds us up. So if you want people to be a part of the team, if you want people to be invested into something, you have to invest in them and give them the opportunity to show you that they can do it. If they can't do it, that's fine. Now take their hand, mentor them, guide them uh-huh. so that they can do it. Don't just leave them by the wayside because right. they couldn't show you the first time. They might not know how. They might need somebody to be there because they're still unsure and unsteady on their feet. Uh-huh. Grab the hand, show them that you care, show them you're invested, and I promise you they will put forth 110% of the effort that you allow them to do when you allow them to to do the opportunity that you give them. That makes sense. And I I think about um, how people are parenting these days, and I, I think that people tend to do way too much for their kids, and I was yeah. guilty of, of that in, in some respects with my own children. Uh, and I think it really does them a disservice because the, if you're doing for them or not allowing them the opportunity to try, then you're saying to them on some unspoken level, you can't do this or you're you're not good enough to do this. You're not worthy to do this. Or when they get into a situation as an adult where they have to do it, they don't know. Uh-huh. Exactly. They don't know. Yes. And that's what I dealt with when I was working in boot camp uh, as a recruit division commander, RDC, drill sergeant, for the Navy. I had a lot of young people that were coming into the military that never made their beds, never had to wash their clothes, uh-huh. never had to shave. Uh-huh. Um, I had females that couldn't use feminine hygiene products because they've never had to do any of this. They were never taught how. Uh-huh. I have kids today now at work that don't have a driver's license, but you're married and you have a family. Uh-huh. How are you getting to work, son? Right. They don't know, and we do a disservice by doing everything for them because eventually they have to figure out how to maintain and stand up on their own as an adult. Yes, indeed, indeed. So as a leader and a mentor, um, in a couple of minutes, do you, do you have a final message for those of us who are on our paths um, who wish we had a mentor like you, but you can be our mentor here for just a moment? Do you, <laughs> do, what message do you have for us? I will leave everybody with this message. 2020 is the year of forgiveness, whether you're forgiving people that have hurt you or you have forgiven yourself for not having strength and courage to do whatever in life that it was that you do. Uh, 2020 is the year of owning who you are, loving who you are, seeking mental help without worrying about what other people think. 2020 is the year of just becoming a better version of yourself than what you were last year. Time is too short. Don't let it slip away. You can be here today and gone tomorrow. Stand up, find your purpose in life, and walk in it. So you mentioned something that you hadn't talked about before, and that is forgiveness. Why is that an important piece of all of this? That's the only thing that would ease your mind. Once all is forgiven, there's no more worries. Why worry about it? Mm. Let go, let God. Don't worry about it anymore after that. And what's your vision for um, long-term for the military here in the United States? Do Do you think that there's going to be anything that, that changes in terms of how things are done within the military? I don't, there, there's always changes, really. I mean, that's the only thing that stays consistent is all the changes that we go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I, I think, you know, right now the military is moving forward in a good way, in a good direction. But as the, as the culture and environment changes, as, you know, the world changes around us, we are constantly evolving to make sure we're meeting the needs of, you know, America with now everything is social media. Now everything is technology. So we're forever evolving, but our our evolution is in the positive 
light. I think the military is doing well. They are they're maintaining, they're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And we're just as long as we're keeping America safe, I say the military is doing a wonderful job. Mm. And what about supporting people coming out of the military? Because I know that, that that's a big issue. Um, where do you think we need to go in that direction? With that situation, as far as like uh, the mental health aspect, and this yes. is Courtney Cottrell's opinion, you know, it, it's easy to tell somebody or, you know, have somebody come out with a certificate saying, hey, you passed your exam, mm-hmm. you passed your schooling, now you can go help somebody with mental health in the military. To me, it's not that simple because the only way you can relate to somebody is to have empathy and know what that person has been through. Right. If you can't relate to being overseas and being blown up by IEDs, or if you can't relate to being on deployment that's getting extended or being on deployment and family members are dying at home and there's nothing you can do about it, you can't be there for your family, you won't understand what a service member is going through. And right now we do have a shortage of mental health care providers because now that people are coming out and they're actually accepting and acknowledging the fact that they need help, there's way more of us than it is of them. And and, and, and the providers are being overwhelmed. Their stress level is high, too. So it, it's, it, I don't know, I, I, I feel like the, the mental health provider situation needs to be cleaned up a little bit more, if not enhanced a thousand times over. Yeah, and I hope that people like you will come out and and help others in this respect. Again, I want to mention the title of your book, Unapologetically Favored, and also it's unapologeticallyfavored.com. Courtney, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. And thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.